You know, something I like to do that I don't do as often as I would like to do is uh, target practice. Anybody here like to shoot and do target practicing? Now, if you go out on your own, I'd like to shoot a handgun. And when you go out on your own, or if I go out on my own with just me and the target, I'm pretty accurate, right? Nobody else is there, so you're going to have to take my word for it. But I can, all by myself, I, can, I tend to be pretty accurate. Um, well, I went and, and went and started shooting with some friends here at church, and um, there's a little bit more pressure when there's other people there watching you, right? And, of course, I'm a pastor, so they think I'm a straight shooter. <laughs> you sh- really, I did not deserve that laugh. That was not good. That was awful. And uh, there's that. And then we, we started doing things a little bit different. We started to even increase the pressure just a little bit. So being around other people, that's an increase of pressure, Right? And when there's an increase of pressure, it's harder to perform at your very best. Well, to increase the pressure more, we decided, hey, let's see if we can um, certify through OPADA, which is the same as uh, Ohio State Police, uh, their certification. Uh, I, was, I was able to, we were able to do it, but there's timing now. You're having to shoot from the holster, all these other kind of things that are part of it. And it adds more and more pressure, and to perform well becomes more and more difficult. You see, our military understands this, right? You go to boot camp, and what do they try to do? They put everybody under extreme amounts of pressure. Why? They want to see not just what somebody is made of, but they want to teach and ingrain that you can work and handle yourself under pressure. But it doesn't come naturally to us. One of the times in Alaska, um, we were fishing. I've not always made great decisions. I just want to start off with that. Uh, we were fishing, and uh, my friend had a, a fold-out table just inside of the river, and he was cleaning salmon that we had caught. We'd go and limit out on salmon, and then we'd fish for rainbow trout. Well, behind him was an embankment. Off to one side were a couple of boats up against the shore, and his dad was fishing, and I was netting the fish for his dad, Chuck. Uh, one of these big rainbow trout he catches, we're celebrating the fish, and I turn around, and behind Mike, who's fit, cleaning the fish, is a brown bear come making his way down the embankment behind Mike. There was a little bit of pressure. <laughs> so, so, you know, I, I was an athlete growing up and all these things. I was pretty sure of my ability to throw, to all that kind of stuff. Add a little bit of pressure and things don't go so well. So what happened was, I actually, the only thing I had to defend myself was the net I was holding. You want to know what I did with the net? I threw it. <laughs> I, I go, bear, and I throw my net. Now I'm going, well, that was not very smart. It was the only thing I had. Well, we, the, we had a cooler fish, and of course the bear is interested in the cooler fish and not us. So Mike comes over, we're behind boat. That's when I decided, we worked hard for those fish. I'm going to start throwing some rocks at this brown bear. Mike tells me this is not a good idea. He's in a lifelong Alaskan. Can I tell you from like not far away, like closer for me to the doors there, I couldn't hit the bear with a rock. A brown bear. We're not talking about like a squirrel. I couldn't hit the brown bear with a rock. And it kind of reaffirms this thing that I realize. Put under pressure. If we don't have a plan, if we haven't been trained, we're not going to perform the way we should perform. Friends, right now, I believe our world is feeling more and more pressure. And if we aren't ready, if we aren't ready, if we aren't prepared to deal with that pressure, it's going to rob rob us of our peace, potentially rob us 
of our testimony, our ability to go and reach lost people who desperately need to know about Christ. It's going to rob years of our lives. It's going to rob relationships that we have formed. We have to learn how to deal with pressure. With that in mind, with everything that's going on in the world, with with COVID, it it seems like it just won't go away. And now we have this war, and we wonder, what's going to happen next? Is Russia going to go full on in Ukraine? Is NATO, is Europe, the United States going to go and send troops? Is this going to blow into World War III? Is China going to watch and say, now's our chance to go take Taiwan? All of these things, what do they build up in our lives? They build pressure, and they threaten to rob us of our peace. And because of that, I felt like today we are in a series in Revelation. I felt like the Lord was leading me to step back just for this week and talk about this thing. Our sermon today is No Troubled Hearts. We need to find peace in the midst of chaos. Finding peace in the midst of chaos. Friends, I know, I know there are many of you right now that feel like they're living in chaos. Whether you're watching at home because you have a compromised uh, medical condition and, and it's been two years now and you're so sick and tired of logging in and not being here, don't let your hearts be troubled is a hard thing to accept, isn't it? You have relationships here that are either on the brink of falling apart or have already fallen apart. It's hard to find peace. Many of you have made trips to Ukraine, and when we talk about Ukraine, there is a name and a face that comes into your head, and you wonder if they're going to survive tonight. It's easy to have your peace stolen. Many of you already know Pastor Phil and and Sarah right now, Pastor Phil's dad has just been recently put on hospice. A man who loves the Lord and is soon going to be in his presence, but yet there there is a real threat to rob the peace in his family's life. I want to pray, and we're going to go to John 14 today, and we're going to look specifically at verses 1 through 7. Dear Heavenly Father God, you are a God of peace. And we are here in what seems like chaos, what seems like disorder. God, our our peace is constantly being threatened. We feel like our well-being is at hand, that we, we just don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. God, I just pray that today, that your Spirit will speak in and through me, and that we will leave here today having taken a step closer to you in understanding and realizing and experiencing the fact that in you, we can enjoy a peace that surpasses all understanding. That in you, even under pressure, even under extreme pressure, we can say with a smile on our face that our hearts are not troubled. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. John 14, verses 1 through 7. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. And you know the way to where I am going. 
Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. I want to explain this text and give you a little bit of context as we jump into it today. Why is Jesus telling his disciples uh, to not let their hearts be troubled? Well, simply because there was a lot to be troubled about. There was a lot to be troubled about. We, we look backwards a little bit. John 13, 31 through 33. When he had gone out, Jesus said, Now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself and glorify him at once. Little children, yet a little while I am with you. You will seek me, and just as I said to the Jews, so now I also say to you, where I am going, you cannot come. Jesus was letting his disciples know that he, their friend, their mentor, their savior, was soon to depart. In other places, they learn that they are going to be persecuted in ways that are unimaginable to us. But God had a plan. Even in the midst of this incredible trial, even in the midst of nothing but trouble in this worldly senses, Jesus tells his disciples, let not your hearts be troubled. I tell you today, Bree, and all those who are watching online, let not your heart be troubled. God's got this. We may not understand it. We may, listen, if Russia all of a sudden invades the United States, the message is the same. Let not your hearts be troubled. Let not your hearts be troubled. Friends, these disciples, they had a lot to be worried about. If we're honest, in a worldly sense, they had a lot to be worried about. Most of them would die. They would see persecution that we can only imagine. And again, if we're honest right now in our world, these last few years especially, we have a lot of things that could cause us to be troubled right now as well. And this is our first point for this morning. There is trouble in this world and it threatens our peace. Don't worry, there's more points. <laughs> That'd be kind of a bummer sermon, right? There is trouble in this world and it threatens our peace. I grew up in uh, Union Lake, Michigan. And where I grew up, uh, I lived on the poor side of Cooley Lake Road. Our, our house was a, a dirt road neighborhood. I wouldn't call it a subdivision. It didn't really feel like that. At one point in the 40s, it was like cabins for, for people who are well-to-do that lived close to the city. Um, so it's kind of the poor side of Cooley Lake Road. On the rich side, as we call it, was Venice of the Woods subdivision. It seems a little uppity, doesn't it? Well, that's where all my friends lived. There were, I didn't really have any friends that lived in my little uh, uh, area, so we'd cross Cooley Lake Road and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, but my, my dad did something nice for me when I was a little kid. He, he, we, he built this shed, but in front of the shed, he poured a, a, a slab of cement and put up a basketball hoop, knowing that I like to do sports and shoot, the ho shoot hoops and all that kind of stuff. And because he did that, some of the rich kids from Venice of the Woods would occasionally come over, uh, cross to the poor side of Cooley Lake Road, and we'd play basketball. When that happened, it didn't happen a lot, but when that did happen, it was like the most exciting thing for me as a kid. You know, you imagine hours of uh, before iPhones and all that kind of stuff, there was a lot of time especially in the summertime specifically, where there really wasn't a lot to do. Both my parents went to work and were gone for 12 plus hours every day. So it's kind of an empty house in a neighborhood without a lot of uh, friends right around me. Well, one time in particular, this, this friend of mine, Ricky Sikowski, fun name. Ricky Sikowski brought this other kid, Russ, over to play basketball. 
We were having a great time. I was having a lot of fun. Things were good in my world. I finally had a day in the summer with some friends over playing basketball. I think I was in seventh grade when this happened. All of a sudden, and I can't tell you what went through his head or why it happened the way it happened, but this kid, Russ, who I didn't know well, pulled out a gun, put it on my stomach, he, he, and played Russian roulette, which if you don't know what that is, you just keep squeezing the trigger, and there was a bullet in the chamber. Um, this wrecked my day, to say the least. This ruined my day. We were having such a good time. Things were going so well. And just like that, my moment of peace was gone. I experienced trouble. Side note, when they actually, the police did finally get Russ, and when they found him, there was a bullet in the chamber. It was that close. It was that close. I think he was in ninth grade. Still have no idea what was going through his head, why he did what he did. But the point is this. Things can be going great in our lives, and the next thing you know, we just get knocked over with trouble. You guys know, if I I had open mic time right now, every single person here could share a story about a time in your life where things were going really well, then all of a sudden, they went bad. And what do we do when things go bad? How do we react? How do we respond? First of all, friends, we shouldn't be surprised. The Bible couldn't be more clear. We will see trouble. It's almost comical every time I start getting into my own head and, and, and think about, man, things are tough right now. Things are difficult. I got this going on, that going on. And then you read a little bit of Scripture and go, why am I surprised? Right? The Bible could not be more clear. John sixteen thirty three. I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart. I have overcome the world. James 1, 2. I'm going to go fast, so unless you're really quick with the Bible, look at the screen. James 1, 2. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. James 1, 12. Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial. For when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. 1 Peter 4, 12 and 13. Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery tri- trial when it comes upon you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice insofar as you share Christ's sufferings, that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. Maybe those verses are for us today. Romans 8.18, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. Romans 12.12, Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. 1 Peter 5, 8, and 9 remind us that it's not just us in the world that we have to worry about, but we have an enemy. Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. We should not be surprised. We as the Bible-reading, Bible-believing Church of Jesus Christ should not be surprised that there's trouble in this world. Yet I kind of feel like some of us, myself included at times, get surprised by it. We should be expecting trouble in the world. We should be expecting it. And friends, it's not going away, this side of heaven. 
It's going to continue and it's probably going to increase, whether in our generation or the next or some other distant generation. The troubles in this world are going to continue and they're going to increase. That last text reminds us again that we are targets of trouble as well. But my second point is this, and we're going to look back at John 14 for this again. When you are troubled, when you are troubled, look expectantly toward the future. Look expectantly toward the future. You know, um, many of you have, have been here and have some sort of undergrad or graduate degree. I do as well. I got to tell you, there were so many times I wanted to quit my studies. You know, I, I can't tell you every class I took, boy, did I really enjoy that. Right? There were so many times I'm like, this is just too much. You know, I was working full time when I was working on my undergrad and I was taking a pretty large uh, course load and there were lots of times where I just wanted to quit. But what kept me going, one of the things that kept me going was I was looking forward expectantly to a better tomorrow. I knew if I kept my head down and kept working that I, one day I would graduate. What I didn't know is I'd have a new set of problems, right? But I knew it was going to happen I, and it kept me going thinking about this better tomorrow, this better future that, we would that I would have. See, Jesus pointed his disciples to a better future to combat their troubled minds. Remember, Jesus says, let not your hearts be troubled, coming after letting them know that he would soon be gone. Then he says, in my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself that where I am, you may be also. What is Jesus doing here? He's casting vision for hope and a better tomorrow with his disciples. He says, let not your hearts be troubled. Why? Start thinking about what will be. Don't be stuck in the what is. Think about what will be. As Christians, we should all know and have hope for a better tomorrow. We should all be aware that we will have troubles in this current life. But in Jesus, we will also overcome these things. Why? Because he told his disciples that he went to go prepare a place for them. He is casting a, a vision for a better tomorrow. A better tomorrow gives us hope in our current circumstances, in our current troubles. And friends, hope is a key weapon to combat troubled minds. If you are troubled and have no hope, oh my goodness, there is no worse place to be. That feeling of hopelessness in a troubled situation. But friends, if you have submitted your life to Jesus as your Lord, there should always be hope regardless of your circumstance. Because whatever it is you're facing, whether it be of sin or natural disaster or whatever it is, there's hope for a better tomorrow. Jesus has conquered death. Jesus has conquered sin. And one day, He's going to wipe away every tear from our eyes. There's hope for a better tomorrow. As bad as things might be right now or feel like they are, they will ultimately get better. If you are in Christ, your best days are ahead of you. I'm going to repeat that because you need to hear it. If you are in Christ, your best days are ahead of you. It may not feel like it. It's not a promise or a guarantee that you won't have trouble. It's not a promise or a guarantee that people won't do you wrong. It's not a promise or a guarantee that China or Russia won't invade our soil. But it's a promise and a guarantee that your best days are ahead of you in Christ 
Because He went and He prepared a place for you. This world and all of its trouble is only temporary. And we will have eternity in Christ where there will be no war, there will be no divorce, there will be no pain, there will be no cancer, there will be no suffering. There will be Christ. There will be your brothers and your sisters. And we will endlessly be rejoicing together in Christ fully understanding and appreciating what it means to enjoy God together without sin holding us back. We will be able to interact with one another without a sin nature. This is the future that was held for us. So regardless of the trouble that is in this world, have hope. Let not your minds and hearts be troubled because Christ has overcome when we are troubled, look to a better future. And then when, we, when you are troubled, look to Jesus. Jesus reminds us in this text that He is the way, He is the truth, and He is the life. In this text, first of all, Jesus says, don't be troubled, after giving them plenty of reasons to be troubled. He says, don't be troubled. Then He paints a picture, casts a vision for a better tomorrow. And then He says, look to Me. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where we, you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. Friends, look to Jesus when your heart is troubled. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Listen, regardless of the circumstances you are in, regardless of the troubles that you are facing, look to Jesus and fix your eyes on Him. Fix your eyes on Him. And when you get distracted and start looking into your troubles and all those things, look back to Jesus, for He has overcome. When we fix our eyes on Jesus, we can deal with the weight of this world. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before Him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated on the right hand of the throne of God. Jesus faced the cross knowing He had a better tomorrow and tells us that in our troubles we ought to look to Him. He has overcome sin. He has overcome death. He has had victory. And we too will have victory in Him. This text reminds us of the trouble Jesus endured and had overcome. Which reminds us as followers of Him that we too will overcome. We will overcome in Christ. Friends, when we learn to look at our heavenly future in the midst of our troubles, when we learn to look to Jesus when things aren't going well, it will propel us to live right now in the midst of troubled world with purpose. And that's going to also help us. When, we, when you are troubled, look for purpose in your life. You are here for a reason. Even in our sufferings, we suffer with reason. We are promised trouble in this world, yet we are given a mission to do in it. 
We are to reach people and help them escape the everlasting trouble. We need to get busy with what we have been called to do and keep looking forward the right direction that the God would have us to look. In the midst of trouble, we need to be living with purpose. I made a new friend this week, and uh, I introduced him via social media, and I'm going to do it here again. Well, a couple new friends. Uh, some of you already know Pastor Anatoly and uh, Brovery, our sister church at Grace there. I, I had the opportunity with uh, Pastor Bill and Clint Saban to have a video conversation with Pastor Anatoly and, and a gentleman named Andre. Andre is a business owner, a wonderful man of God. And in this time, there's a couple of things that just, just kind of gut punch during this meeting. They had, uh, uh, their town, Brovery, has some military institutions who have been received some shelling. So there's been bombs going off around them. They have every reason to be worried. They say the, the Russian front is closing in on Brovery, which I think it's about 20 miles from Kiev. Is that correct? So they're right, they're right in the thick of things. Do you know there wasn't an ounce of worry on either of their faces? I mean, not, I think we were more worried than they were, Bill. Not an ounce. And at one point, Pastor Anatoly's little girl, and this was the part that about lost me, entered into the picture as we're looking in the video and just put her head on her dad's shoulder. I think the three of us were kind of just swallowing hard. But again, no ounce of worry. And, and Andre from the other portion of the screen just says, she is a very brave girl. And she is. But in the midst of the trouble that they're facing, Andre and Pastor Anatoly have found purpose. They have found opportunity of people. How can they go out and witness? How can they go out and share the good news of Jesus Christ? I've got a video. It's about four minutes. I put it on Facebook. You may have already seen it. You know what? Watch it again. I've watched it about eight times. But I want to, to show you how they have found purpose in the midst of their trouble. And now we start our day eight of the war. And the tools we are using in this, uh, it's not a weapon. These are not uh, missiles. Uh, this is bread. And we are making it here in the bake. So this is bread which was baked during the night. And now it's waiting for people. At 10 o'clock we open and we give out people in the neighborhood. You see here we prepared breads and cakes. Uh, which we distribute to children's hospital today. I brought already to the children's hospital. I brought already to the fire bridge today. And I'll show you the heroes of today, our bakers. These are not professional bakers. These are just volunteers which are uh, teached by our bakers from Zelandia how to make the bread. So please see the, the heroes. These are just ladies. Their husbands went to, to fight. And they are helping us to, to bake. And we distribute this products here are raw materials you still see that we have enough flour we bought more just to be secure in case blockade will start and then uh, we can continue our baking process uh, what we do we are now collecting addresses of people who are in need here in the town uh, mostly these are older people or families with disabled children and uh, we deliver to them daily uh, fresh bread and warm meal. We are cooking in a big cooking vessels in the company. Here uh, in the neighborhood, uh, we, are, we changed uh, the process from making the confectionery creams into soups. And daily soups we are bringing and to those families uh, and to hospitals. Uh, and also we are serving now 
uh, rehab centers because they are left alone. And people who were suffering from addictions, they got stuck in the rehabilitation centers. Of course, they are taken care of by uh, church, but uh, we are providing them with food. So we see our mission uh, as feeding those people in need. Uh, we are also delivering to blog posts, to the soldiers, and together with every loaf of bread, we're trying to give uh, the word of God, just a small papers where there are printed uh, verses from Bible. And uh, to, today we will continue doing that. Uh, we also give it in other locations. We have one more location uh, at, uh, here in the town, the cafe. It was cafe which was just a, a bit less than a year ago opened uh, for employment of uh, children with uh, mental disabilities. Uh, and now this cafe is serving as kind of spiritual and psychological support center. So together, given this, uh, these papers with the verses of Bible, this is from Philippians 4, verse 6. Uh, it's all in Ukrainian. Uh, so our day uh, continues and our, our fight not only for our land, not only for our freedom, our fight continues for the souls of people. We try to give hope with a smell of fresh bread, with a, with a feeling of freshly cooked uh, meals, uh, freshly cooked soups. We're trying to give a bit of normality in the madness uh, which is happening here around while the front line is approaching our city. But so far, God protected and saved us. Uh, we had some missile attacks here. We heard some explosions uh, in the neighborhood. But until now, uh, everything is safe here. And we see this mission as bringing bread, daily bread, but plus bread from the God, the, the word of God to people. So please pray for us. Stay with us. You can follow us on the Facebook. We are trying to, we, we have access now to finances. We have access now to raw materials. Uh, because, but we will have to pay it back in future. And of course, we will need a lot of resources in future. I'll show two very brave uh, volunteers. Look, these are today our helpers. They're helping to pack, you see them. But th these are really heroes. Children stay here just in the middle of this madness. I stay here also with my family, and we have more families uh, here from church which are trying to serve people. So please pray for us. Pray, pray for wisdom, for security. Thank you very much that you are with us and you are supporting us. God bless you. How easy would it be just to leave? Right? You see the children. And did anybody else catch that in the middle of a war in Ukraine, teenage girls are still walking around with their cell phones? That part cracked me up. Big bombs going off. They're like, I'm going to Snapchat that. Anyways. Find purpose in the midst of your trouble. Those are very troubling times that are happening right now in Ukraine. And what do they do? They say, we're going to open the church up. We're going to feed our community. And while we do it, we're going to give them hope in the Word of God. By the way, uh, when we talked to them, part of the, the questions we were asking is, how can we support you? What do you need? And their answers were, we couldn't spend any money if you gave it to us. There's really nothing you can give us right now. But please pray. And we will do that tonight at 6.30. We'll gather together and we will pray for them. I've asked them for some specific prayers and they've given them to us that we can be praying through. But we can also start raising some funds because here's the thing. Even though right now they don't need them, 
Andre that you saw, the, the company that he works for is funding all of this baking and cooking, and they're going to need to be repaid. So today we are going to be taking a, a, um, um, an offering as you leave, uh, if you're so led to, to help support in that way, and we're going to be kind of collecting over the next however lo- lo- length of time some funds that can be deployed into Ukraine uh, just as soon as we're able to do that, and it makes sense for us to do that. So I just want you to, to be aware. This morning, though, I was looking at another one of Andre's posts, and this morning he was at Grace Church. And at Grace Church this morning when they met, again, the Russian front is approaching, they still had church. And when they did, they, they served the Lord's Supper. I thought, man, we're, we're serving the Lord's Supper here at Berean today too. And in a way, we're connected by the Spirit of God as we're doing that with those other people who are suffering. I'm going to ask the deacons to come forward. I'm going to continue to talk as you do. And they're going to pass out uh, the elements. Just so you know, we have kind of two cups stacked. The bottom one has the cracker. The top has the juice. Uh, Please let us know if you need a gluten-free option. We have gluten-free as well. I see the band's coming out good. When we, uh, when we serve the Lord's Supper, this fits right in with our points today. When we're doing it, we are looking to the future. Jesus says, do this in remembrance of me. And he tells us to do it until he returns. Which reminds us that he is returning. So as we are taking the Lord's Supper, we are looking towards the future. We are looking at Jesus and the sacrifice that he made, but also the victory that he has had. As we have this, this cracker that represents the broken body of Christ and has this juice that represents the blood that was spilled, we remember that not only did He die, but He rose victorious from the grave. We look to Jesus. And we are propelled, hopefully, to living with purpose in our lives. As the men pass the elements today, I want us to have a time of reflection and ask the following questions of ourselves. First one is this. Are we looking towards the future of Christ's return? Are we overtaken with fear of all the things that are going to happen? Or are we looking with expectancy to the glory of God? Secondly, are we looking to Jesus in our trouble? We can look in lots of places, but we need to be looking to Him. Third, are you living with purpose in your life? And finally, what's keeping you, if you don't have peace as a follower of Jesus, what's keeping you from finding peace and enjoying God right here, right now, on this side of heaven? As the men pass these out, just may your spirit speak to us in regards of these questions. Help us to know where we need to grow. And if we have lost peace in our lives, may your spirit reestablish it. God, we just thank you for the peace that we can have in troubling times. God, help us to be people who act based upon that peace and not on the trouble. God, if we are finding ourselves in a spot where all we can think about are the troubling things of this world, help us to remember to look towards a future 
with hope, knowing that you have gone to prepare a place for us and our best days are ahead of us. God, if we are suffering, help us to look to you in the cross where you bore our iniquities. And God, while we are yet here in this world, help us to be agents of peace and to find purpose in this trouble. God, thank you for this time that we remember your sufferings but look expectantly towards the future because of your victory. In Jesus' name, amen. Matthew 26, verse 26. Now as they were eating, Jesus took bread and after blessing it, broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body. And he took a cup and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them saying, Drink of it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink again of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom.